you can see the L when you speak, say something. Hello, hello. Yeah, that's okay. you. That's your level. It's good. So closer is better. Okay. <laughs> hello, everybody. Welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're chilling in Central Park with Viola. Hi, Viola. Hi, Matt. Do you want to introduce yourself first? Sure. Um, well, I'm Viola. Nice. That name comes from an instrument, actually. Uh, my father owns a violin shop and he specialises in repairs of string instruments. So that's where my name came from. Is that the shop that you? I sometimes see you dancing in on Instagram? Yes, actually. Nice. Sometimes when I mind the shop on my own, yeah. I get a bit bored. So, you know, just dance around. Great. Yeah. And what do you do, Viola? Um, I am a independent dancer, freelance artist in Sydney. Cool. Um, I graduated two years ago from Sydney Dance Company pre-professional year. Um, and the year before that, I went to Evanbow Full-Time Dance Training Centre. Right, right on. Yeah. And what are you thinking about? What's keeping you busy? What's In, keeping me busy? Yeah. Like, um, uh, I guess, like, what ideas are keeping you busy? Hmm. Well, I guess for the last two years, I've kind of do- dove, yeah, dove, sure. dived. Yeah. Who knows um, what the diving. past tense. Have been diving. <laughs> present tense. Um, Head first into just this whole dance world dance industry in Australia I was kind of just put in straight into the deep end after graduating from pre-professional year and was like all right here's the real world um and I've kind of tried to keep myself busy through doing lots of secondments and workshops and through those I guess some of them I've had lucky chances where I've been able to get a job and perform and things like that yeah that's cool. I think you're doing really well in this interview. Sorry? I think you're doing really well in this interview. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know what to, where to start. Tell me about the thing that you did this year that you feel like uh, was the most challenging. A process or a... Rehearsal or a development or a... Um, I think everything I do is challenging in a different way. I never choose to do something that's not challenging for me. Mm. Not that I can have that preconceived idea before I do it, but um, if I do, for example, find something that I'm like, oh actually this isn't what I expected it would be or you know it's not challenging in quotation marks for me I try to find a way inside that like something that I can work on for myself or something that I'm fighting against and work with that rather than kind of being like oh this is too easy or this is not what I wanted Mm, you know mm, mm. I've had a couple of those experiences this year I guess yeah, because, like, as an independent second year out, I'm always spending a lot of money to do, like, fly places and go to workshops, pay for workshops. And sometimes when you have those experiences where it's like, oh, it's not what I expected, oh, it's not what I expected, you 
kind of financially feel that it's too much to do things like that. But somehow I keep doing it and I always get something new from those kind of workshops. Mm. Yeah. So I graduated in 2006 and you graduated in 2016, 15. Do you think it's different? Do you think our approaches in the studio would be different? Like I want to hear about what you think you're about when you rock up to a rehearsal and what you feel like your responsibilities are and how you approach. Um, well, if I rocked up to a studio with you... Um, for example. For example. I, well, I would be, it's work. I would be working and I wouldn't feel like we are in a different position because we're both there to do the same thing Mm. and to work together. So I wouldn't try and keep that as a barrier to creating things or, because that would be, that would be a barrier to have those ideas in the back of my head and, Maybe if I did think that way, I would not say a couple of things that could be useful to the process or, you know, be shy or things like that. But certainly there, there is, I don't know, like a level of respect I would have because I'm still very young and I've got a lot to learn. So, you know, I, I'm a, I always observe a lot. I'm a very observant person. Um, just in general social life, if I go out to the pub for trivia or... Oh, yeah, well, trivia is a good idea because um, I always... when I, We go every Monday night to the Shakespeare Hotel with all my friends that go to uni, so none of them dance. But whenever there's a trivia question and I know the answer to it, I whisper it quietly to the person next to me rather than yelling it out. And then someone else will yell it out. And I'm like, but I said that. Or, like, if we're having, like, conversations, I'm always the one listening all the time I don't know I just it's just the thing I do I I I don't know I am very observant and I listen a lot but I tend not to input too much even though I do have things to input so I'd like to change that about myself mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah because that happens in like dance discussions as well if I do it or anything really if we kind of ha- have a sit down and a debrief I'm always I'm sitting there and I really enjoy listening to other people's opinions and I think what I do is rather than voicing my own, I kind of, I don't know if comparing is the right word, but align it with my own thoughts in my own mind rather than voicing it. So this kind of gone off tangent, but oh, it's, yeah. it's on. <laughs> it's right on topic. So, so your process of being involved quite often is deeply observing and then trying to get a feel for what it is that people in the room think and what it is that you think within relationship to those Yeah, that's things. true. I think, I think so. I can't quite nail it down, but yeah, it kind of hovers around that mm. at the moment, right now, in this point of time. And then what's, what's your um, most enjoyable way then to input and feedback to the process?
this kind of contradicts what I said before, but I guess <laughs> I guess it's just really just saying like it's not that I always don't say things, but mm. when I feel really strongly about something, I will always input my thoughts or the way I think things could be mm. as a possibility rather than being like it should be this or it should be that. I'm like, how about we try this and see if it works and if it doesn't then it was just an idea. Yeah. Nice. I think. <laughs> um would you be up for telling me about some of your own ideas that you might be working on or thinking about working on? Um well I last year I real I did a buto workshop up in Brisbane for the first time. Um uh, that gave me a lot of interest in, I don't even know, um, just the, like the emotion and how some really thick imagery can change the way you feel and how that makes you move. I'm not sure if that's the right way to say it, but from reading from that, I've become really interested in the face in dance because when I was growing up, I was one of those, you know, those um, common children who started dance when they were five years old. (laughs) And I was at a dance school and I did dance every day after school and did lots of competitions and lots of performing and lots of jazz and tap and all that old so ballet. So lots of face. Lots of fake face, um, <laughs> yep. especially in ballet. Yeah. They'd be like, smile, smile. And I'm like, I am, but I'm not really smiling from the inside because I feel like I'm being tortured. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, it was still very enjoyable. Um, anyway, and then I went into full-time at Evanboe. It was kind of similar because... In Evanbo, the year I went, um, the courses were meshed together, which like means the contemporary and classical stream was meshed together with the jazz and musical theatre. So I literally had to do everything, singing, um, musical theatre, hip-hop, all that stuff that I'd never really done before. But I think that was very beneficial to me anyway. But, yeah, even in that year, I was really just kind of putting on an emotion for a performative yeah, aspect like rather than really feeling yeah well. a choreographed face yeah um usually i fall into the trap of just effort face yeah effort face <laughs> effort face when something's really hard or if i'm trying to sing and hit a high note my eyebrows <laughs> yeah yeah and then i went into ppy and i i guess i'm still able to perform with my eyes Mm. because I really feel I really feel what I'm doing but I always like every time I see a performance that I love I know that it's because there is some kind of facial element in it it sounds really odd but there is especially in dance theatre I think I really enjoy seeing dance theatre like the face and the voice I think really interests me because if I go and see a piece where there isn't that element, it kind of bores me a little bit. I'm not sure. I think that's it's just because I'm interested in that right now. I did a workshop in Berlin 
a festival called B12 and I chose to do some physical theatre workshops and I did this awesome workshop with a woman called Shannon Gillen. She's got a company in New York. Um, yeah, and it's she led a four-day workshop focused on creating fantasy characters, cool. um, which was so awesome. I chose it because I was... One, like I said before, really interested in the voice and the face and creating characters and, like, really feeling that rather than kind of just putting it on. But, yeah, the first day, man, I was so uncomfortable, out of my comfort zone, so nervous. And there were about half the class had been already exposed to this world where they'd been asked to just do all this random shit <laughs> and be this, like, be not yourself. Mm-hmm. Um but yourself at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And she just created this amazing space for us to just go wild. And yeah, oh, it's hard to describe, but by the fourth day, I was so comfortable and my, yeah, I was in this amazing headspace. It was just opened a new chapter really. And I'm not really afraid to do that. Because one time I went into an audition and they asked me to prepare a few lines and... I was like, oh, shit. And I got really nervous about speaking. And I'm like, why am I nervous about speaking? Because I do it every day mm. and this is just another day. Mm. <laughs> but some, for some reason, it, speaking in dance really makes me nervous and worried. And I'm not sure why, but... My yeah. my theory on why, or the reason <laughs> that I am nervous about it, is because it's so often so jarring, mm. and maybe it's got to do with what you're saying about um, being yourself but not being yourself. That dance feels like a way of exposing an essence or something, or letting the essence of the self manifest physically and then be seen and empathised with and experienced vicariously by another body that's viewing that whereas lines always feel like someone else they always feel like they're not yours and so that jars you out of the vicarious experience and the empathy and then you the the you feel like um the person that you were watching in front of you has just stopped and now is just faking it Mm. again and so what did you find out about me like it seems like there's a relationship there between the imagery that you really enjoyed through Bhutto training and the not putting on a different character but giving yourself uh, like permission to experience something else so that that's what flows through. So yeah. it's still yourself. Yeah, it is. But it's like a, it's a radicalised version of self. Yes. <laughs> I, I do love, I love that. I think growing up, going through adolescence and things like like not just me everyone else kind of is afraid of judgment and kind of closes themselves up and for me in particular I think that it really did close me off and I was such a weirdo when I was little and very open oh I'm still weird (laughs) but (laughs) um openly I'd like to open myself back up and not be afraid to do that Mm. You know, not just performing, but, you know, just. (laughs) Uh. 
Do you know what kind of um, process or working environment is uh, preferred or favourite? Like I, like in a studio. Yeah. So when I'm when I sign on to be a dancer or performer for somebody, mm-hmm. I want generally. I want one of two things. I either want the choreographer to just hand over to me and I'll make the movement on my body and then they can put it somewhere in the piece or I want them to be on the floor with the dancers Mm -hmm. so that I know that they have a physical experience of what it is that they're asking us to do Mm -hmm. and do again and repeatedly do. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, First of all, I haven't had too much experience with working with the choreographer, I've had maybe a few. Um, and all of them have been, oh no, not all of them, 90% of them have been in the studio setting. Um, one of them, one of them was literally learning repertoire. And I think, I, like, I love learning repertoire and I think it's an amazing skill to have to be mm. able to pick up choreography very quickly and execute it in the way that it's been asked and it's very physically demanding because it's been created on a different body and, yeah, I think it's a very great skill to have but after a while, um, I think it gets a bit... I don't know if boring is the right word, but... Maybe not nourishing. Yeah, it's... Like it becomes you, repetitive. Yeah, and if you're in... I guess it's the difference if you're on board to be the dancing machine or if you're mm-hmm. on board to contribute as yes, an artist. Yes, And I think that brings me back to what I was saying before about um, being able to be yourself. You know, like, if you learn, a, like, choreography that's been passed through many years mm. in a company mm. and rehearse that for a month or two then you kind of feel like this isn't well you not kind of you feel this to me at least I felt oh this isn't me like it's great I can move like these people but mm. I didn't feel very fulfilled mm. um, on a different anyway that experience was very good for what it was um, and I really enjoyed that um, on a different note that I've had a completely new work being created on me and a couple of others um, with a choreographer. Uh, I actually expected to be tasking a lot. This is just preconceived ideas before going into the studio, but I expected to create choreography, create choreography, create movement um, for the piece that we were working on. But yeah, this purse, this choreographer really surprised me because he walked in and just choreographed on the spot, just improvised, and we had to pick that up straight away. Um, and he, like, he would kind of forget what he was doing, but we would have the responsibility to just pick it up straight away. So it was quite... It was a, it was a new choreography. It wasn't repertoire or anything, but that was, again, learning choreography. And we did actually task once and but then that wasn't put into the piece. So it was really funny, actually. Um, So that was another experience, being Mm. quick on my feet. Um, What else did I do? Actually, last week was the only time I didn't get to do, didn't really 
jump into a studio to learn choreography or create work because this is it was the piece a, of yeah Amrita yeah with Amrita um, Honey um, Long yeah. and Prestent um, for the Underbelly Arts piece it was a site specific performance yeah um, on cement this, on cement yes that mm. was fantastic my body's still feeling it <laughs> um, yeah it was site specific and in this giant orange inflatable parachute bubble which could fit probably 30 people at a time while we were performing. There was three of us performing. Um, yeah, so we didn't have anything at the beginning of the week. We only had a week to rehearse because the um, performance was on the weekend. And I turned up and I guess I had... Amrita was very, very open to anything I had to offer. So, yeah, I, I kept offering and she kept taking. And I guess what we ended up with... with I, I guess what we ended up with wow um was a lot of my input and I felt great about that and yeah it was a very much more relaxed approach to what I'm used to and I really enjoyed that as well mm. is this and Amrita was in the piece as well which makes it ah uh, yeah it's a big difference even huh? it's a big difference when the choreographer's in the piece yeah, yeah. is there someone that you're Actually, I have a question from before. When you said you did a lot of competitions, does that mean you have a heap of trophies just chilling at home? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, until I was in, like, till the end of high school, I used to decorate them on a desk, but I decided that that was really odd and I didn't really want to, I don't know, have my trophies out being like, oh, my God, I got first place. Like, no one cares. <laughs> Maybe they care. I don't know. But, you know, I, didn't, I decided to put them away in a box deep into my wardrobe. Maybe to be opened again when I'm an old grandma. Mm -hmm. Or in a piece. Maybe you'll make a piece. Or in a piece, piece. yeah, with lots of trophies. And you'll just need to be surrounded by trophies. Yeah, that's a great idea. You'd give them away. Get an audience member participation. Oh, yeah. And then whoever participates best that evening, <laughs> give them one of your trophies. I think that would be cool. Uh, are there things that you feel like you want to make? Yeah, actually, um, I'm currently working on, or I should probably just say we just started, but um, I wouldn't call it a dance piece, but I have a friend who works a lot with projection. Um, What's the name? It's called a VJ, Nima. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nima is a VJ, so that's a video DJ, and yeah, he works a lot with projection. Um, we also have another friend, her name's Joy, and she plays the theremin, if you know what the theremin Ooh, is. Oh, yeah, the... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nima's got a residency in Create or Die Studios. Create or Die. Yeah, Where's in that? Marrickville. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, we were like, you do this, I do this, she does that. Why don't we do something? And, yeah, we've just kind of been jamming and improvising and, yeah, just throwing everything out there to see what we could do. And recently we kind of just got somewhere to start, if that makes sense. We just yeah. found a starting point of something we want to do and we're hoping to be able to create some sort of live performance installation. How, how did you know thing. when you found the start? 
Like how what what did it what felt different about it? Um, I think it was quite well, it is quite ambitious to try and combine the three elements, dance, video DJing and theremin. Cause I think projection and dance works, dance and theremin works, projection and theremin works, but when we tried to combine the three, it was kind of a bit of a, it was, yeah, it was everywhere. It was all over the place. It was a bit of a mess. Like we were all passionate about it, getting to work, but every time we met up and jammed, there weren't many, ah, oh, moments. Like, yeah. yes, moments. But I think we finally got that moment. And... Yeah, now it just feels like now there's this path. I can see a path of this going somewhere. Because before it was like, oh, we're just doing this kind of thing and I can't really see it going anywhere. Yeah, or, right. you, do, you, know. you do anything yeah, yeah. until you know what something exactly. needs to happen. And it, yeah. like, it didn't come from I have this idea, this concept that I want to express. Yeah. It was more, oh, there's these three elements. Let's try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of thing. Let's and stay with I the think mess. whatever comes from that will be great. Yeah. So where do you go from here now that you know, now that you have a start? Keep, keep jamming. <laughs> um, and what's the process? Like you, you, you jam, you don't know what's going on, you jam some more, eventually you find a starting point. Yes. And then you set a trajectory or you say this is what we need to yes. try and achieve? Yes, yeah, we have set this trajectory. Um, Where do you go once you set a starting point? What's the process to then continue in the trajectory that you found? Is it just being together? Is it I, just it jamming? Is, is is it no, I think fighting with less each other? jamming, definitely, <laughs> probably fighting. I don't think we've ever had a fight yet. Um, I actually, we don't probably don't know each other that well to have a fight. <laughs> um, but a lot of discussion, yeah. I think, rather because I found that in the initial jams, we just jammed and didn't really talk about anything we felt. Oh, it's like um, doing and then reflecting. Yeah, doing and reflecting and presenting further solutions or ideas that could work and then trying those, seeing if they work and all of this being recorded on film in the background so we can all go back and have a look. Yeah. It's yeah. also just hard finding time where all three of us are available because, yeah. you know, yeah, everyone's doing completely different things and cool. lots to juggle. So is that a show that we can go and see one day? Yeah, one day. I'm ho hoping next year. Cool. Yeah. 2018. 2018. And what about solo projects? Any things you've got, like, ideas you've written down? You're like, I'm going to do this one day. Oh, ideas I've written down. Do you? Do you keep a book of inspiration? Yeah. I feel really good about hearing what you think about the what you do and how you do it and then I wonder why like what's your biggest hope for training and jamming and uh, making taking your own initiatives to go to these places and be exposed to different people and working with different people and observing as well and yeah. that's a really hard question because I don't really know why 
I do these things. I'm just... There's always something new to learn, I think, and I really... I'm addicted to it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and addicted to a certain type of learning, like a physical epiphany? Or totally. I'm I, physical, mental, all of it, really. Mm. Um, I'm happy to just sit down and talk and watch, and I think that's really important as well. Mm. I think a lot of people forget to stop and watch. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I don't know when I'm going to stop. <laughs> Great. What about during times when you can't dance? How do you um, take care of your self, like your physical self and your mental self and emotional self and that desire to learn and get that hit that mm. we're both addicted to? Mm. No, well... Just like, or like when you're not working. Yeah, sometimes I'm not involved in a project yes. and I don't have a project I'm starting or I'm with my family for a few weeks and there's no dancing going on. Um, and I get really sad if I'm not yeah, learning Yeah, I totally something. agree. Um, I definitely, even though I've only been out for two years, I've definitely had many days where... I'm just like, oh, what do I do with my day? Because, yeah, I'm not working. I'm not at a workshop. I'm not a sconman. I'm not, I haven't, like, there's no class on maybe. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really hard to keep motivating yourself through those times because in the end, when you're an independent and you're working, that means you're working on your own or from yourself. Um, you're your own critic and I think when you're your own critic you tend to be negative a lot and yeah you kind of bash yourself up for not doing something or for not going to the gym or for not being in class that day when you could have been or for not being somewhere else doing this other workshop because you couldn't afford it um yeah. So when I am not involved in something for a while, sometimes I need to rely on a hobby. Like for a while I was into 3D printing just because there's something I needed to learn how to do. At the moment I'm into four-wheel driving because it's so far outside of what I know that I have to learn and I have to meet new people. And then... It, um, I can do it without needing to organise a studio space and collaborators and, and it's, sometimes, it's also I don't have to have some kind of excellent conceptual idea yeah. <coughs> um, so I guess it's just how how to take care of your mental health when you're an independent dancer I think the first step is to realise that it's okay that you're not dancing right now because you've been doing it all your life and 
you're not in full-time training. You're not in a full-time training institute. And, like, the independent scene, this is what it is. And, um, yeah, the first step is to be aware of that and be aware that... It's okay. It's okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm just repeating myself now. Um, I think it bears repeating, though, because it's easy to forget. Yeah, totally. And you can get yourself into a yeah. bubble and yeah. go in circles being like, oh, my God, I'm not working. I'm not doing this. I'm yeah. not doing that. I don't know what to do with my life. What am I doing with my life? And things like that. <laughs> um, yeah, and the second step is, yeah, like you said, finding hobbies. I got my L's. Oh, nice. Um, no, no. I got my L's in 2014. Oh. <laughs> yes. And I haven't been driving well, I never really had a driving lesson until this year when I had a lot of free time and was like, I'm going to develop this skill. So I started driving, which is pretty cool, but I have to do it on manual because yeah. everyone around me drives a manual car. Um, I, also, I also started ceramics, actually, um, pottery classes, because my partner is a very good artist. <laughs> he, he studies at university, but he's very good at ceramics, very good at drawing, very good at lino cutting. And I really wanted to... I've always thought of myself as not very good at that kind of stuff. I'm good at, you know, I'm pretty good at dance, I guess, but, you know, creating things with my hands hmm. um, is just another skill that I was really interested in and yeah I did some pottery classes and really enjoyed it and yeah um do that uh I also went back to the cello um I did cello a lot growing up it was pretty much cello dance swimming cello dance swimming cello dance swimming when I was growing up but then swimming stopped and then cello stopped and dance kept going, so yeah, um, it's pretty good to have a father in the string industry because I can just pick up a cello when I want and play that. A lot of the time I find myself very, very unmotivated to do these hobbies which are separated from dance because I get pretty sad that I'm not dancing and not working and I think the mo the hard well not the hardest but one of the big roles the hardest roles I don't know if roles are one of the hardest parts is the financial side of everything um, because as an independent you don't often have work connecting from one project to the other to the other to the other so you're not getting consistent pay and you're not getting consistent money to pay for things like the opal card <laughs> um and the gym anyway those are just a few things but then on top of that you're paying for workshops or i am i'm using my all my money to be able to educate myself self-educate myself further like, was it your choice? Did you be like, all right, independent dancer? Because I know that I, I wanted to be a company dancer. Yes, I certainly um, 
would I really wanted to be a company dancer, um, especially after graduating from pre-professional. Um, I have seconded and done workshops with various companies throughout Australia, and I think mm, there's one company that I really, really love, um, but all the others I just felt that it wasn't for me because I wasn't, again, I wasn't able to be myself. Or, yeah, it just felt, I think I thrive, or like I long for that, stable position being committed to a company and getting consistent pay and you know feeling like you're at full-time work and all that but I think after experiencing two years of being an independent although it's really hard I think what I really love is meeting new people and learning new things from those people and being in different projects with different people and having like being fed fresh information and personalities and yeah I think not that there's anything wrong with being in a company with amazing people um I guess if you see the same people every day it got like this a bit in full time I think when I was training it's yeah it's a handful to see the same people all the time working with them and I think definitely there's a way to work around that but I really enjoy being an independent and seeing people all around Australia. Yeah, just... And then you make connections. Not that you don't make connections when you're in full-time company. But yeah, I would... Yeah, even saying that, I would still love to be in a full-time company. I think it's something that I should experience rather than completely shutting it off. And I think... Right now, I would love to be in a company, and when I'm probably in a company, I'll be like, damn, I want to be an independent. So, yeah, I think it's just That's having life. an equal balance. Mm. Yeah. Um, another struggle that I go through is obviously this will change with time, but getting told that you're too young a lot is pretty shit. <laughs> Cut that. I don't I shouldn't use the shit um I get another thing that I find is a struggle is getting told quite often that I'm quite young or I look young um and I don't yes I'm I'm not inexperienced but there are a lot more people who are older than me who have more experience because they've lived more years than me in my life and one year can bring so much experience and so much, you know, so many new connections with other people, so many new connections with new ways of moving and new ways of thinking. And I think it's a shame that, well, to me it's a shame personally because I want to be able to, after training, um, learn on a job or learn from doing something with choreographers or other artists but when the outcome of something is like oh you're too young for us then it's like well you're telling me to wait two years and I think I don't know I think 
I don't want to sit back and relax and be like, oh, it's okay. I'm just too young. When I'm two years older or three years older, they'll hire me or, you know, I don't want to have that attitude because it's about now. I'm like, I'm here. I'm here right now. And I can't change that. I can't change how old I am, but I can change from learning from you and I will gain that experience from that, you know? And I think, yeah, it's just a huge barrier for me. And I understand that a lot of people want to work with older people because they have had these adult experiences before and it's easier to connect with them, but... You know, we're the new generation. We should be, I don't know, I feel like I should be learning these things. Yeah, and actually what you're saying is that even if you think I'm not ready, I'm ready to be ready. Exactly. If yeah. you put the time in. Exactly. Yeah. And the only way that I will be ready is if you put the time in. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I'm not saying everyone is like that, but yeah, I've had a couple of those experiences, which again, it's like oh, one step forward, two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. And then I guess this also relates to having a lot more no's than yeses. Yeah. Which sucks so much. But when you get the yes, it's just like, oh, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, I think even though it sounds a bit like torture, like you're torturing yourself, yeah, I think going through a lot of no's and then getting the yes is also the great part. Just in, not in just in dance, in everything, mm. yeah. You know. Do you find that you have to say no to yourself a bit as well, like to prioritize dancing opportunities, or um, when you're saying like things cost money and you don't always have that money? And yes, of course. Yeah, there are many times I have to say no. To myself. So that adds to the nose as well. That definitely does <laughs> add to the nose. Yeah. I think what's lucky is that you're interested in doing the things that bring in curiosity and joy and connection. And that's different than somebody who's working purely from a position where they just want to be employed as a form of validation. Mm. That actually what you're, what it sounds like you're searching out are places where you can be fully, where your capacity for intrigue and hard work and, mm. and observation can be used fully. Yeah, I think about it all the time. I'm just like, why do I put myself through all of this struggle? But I keep doing it. <laughs> well, I think it's what you said before about even though you can do other things and other things are fun, there's still a sadness mm. from not doing the thing that you know that you should be doing. Yeah. And... So there's either the struggle or the sadness. Sounds fantastic. The <laughs> Everyone do dance. <laughs> Seems like those are the options. But I think it must be I console myself 
by thinking that it must be harder to not have anything that you're struggling to do. Yeah, of course. Like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I was watching that episode. That was, have you seen it? Yeah, I just watched the first episode of the TV series yeah. and he's just like such a genius. Mm. He's like, I don't know what goes on in, in normal people's minds or something. It's like totally the opposite, but mm. yeah. He's addicted to crime. I'm being a detective. Yeah. And he doesn't struggle with finding who the who the serial killer is. Yeah, but there's like, there's good struggle and work and pain, and there's damaging yeah. and bad struggle and work and pain. And it's something about knowing that you're working with people and in an environment that are also looking out for your best interest. Yeah. And you have to go through the struggle to do the work, not that you have to struggle and suffer just because everyone's playing yeah. games. Yeah, and there's also that other side. If you're on the bad side of the struggle, get out of there. Like, yeah. it's definitely not healthy for you at all. Mm. So, although I haven't come across any, like, any situations like that before, I know people have. And, yeah, I think you have to know your own boundaries and what, who you can work for, what you can put yourself through and if you're comfortable with that. Mm. Because in the end, it's you and it's yourself and you're using your body as an instrument. Like, what's the point of putting it through all this stress if, like, you're not getting anything great in return? I think that's really important to maintain. Yeah, and have your own decisions. Mm. Well, that's some wisdom there. <laughs> that's real good. Make your own decisions. Yeah. Totally. Um, Do you know your limits? Do you think? Your boundaries? I think so. I think... Yeah, I think I do. Um, I think I do sound so uncertain. (laughs) I definitely do. Um, Also, it depends on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's different if you're an independent and if you're a full-time company dancer. Yeah. Yeah. Have you made any music? Like when you play cello, have you recorded it and put it up online and we can listen to it? Um, actually, the funny thing is I have never made any music on the cello, but I've definitely done random things on the ukulele. Yeah, and it's online? Um, it was in my high school days. Um, and recently I rediscovered it and was like, oh my God, this is coming off the internet. So, no, it's not on the internet anymore. (laughs) But my ukulele is still hovering at home. And what about dancing? Is there dancing of yours that we can watch online? Yeah, there's, I've got a Vimeo account online and I like to put up a few vids on Instagram. Oh yeah, the Instagram dancing. Yeah. So good. (laughs) Yeah. This is so random, but I just had a thought about... I have a lot of friends who um, don't dance and who go to... who study at university or have graduated now and have full-time jobs, which is amazing. I'm like, whoa. Sometimes I feel... Oh, not sometimes. A lot of time I'm like, oh, shit. 
what am I doing in my life? Like, I like yes, I've graduated from dance training and I'm working as an independent. So technically, I'm working, you know. Um, but then there's that whole conception where concept where it's like, oh, I graduated from uni. I have a bachelor degree. I'm working at a full time company, like at a desk, or you know. There's something about that I'm like, oh, is that... There's this idea about that kind of still sits in the back of my head. I know now that I think about it, it's probably not ideal, but it's just like, oh, am I doing the real job? Or Like, to me it is, but to a lot of others, they're like, oh, so when are you going to university? Or they're always talking about university. I'm like, haha, I haven't gone to university yet. Or like, you know all those things and I don't know I'm like I don't know what I'm trying to say here well I think we're just talking about doubt in general Mm. and the the predominant narrative of the middle class which is to get educated and then get more educated and then enter into some kind of employment contract that has benefits and super and yeah all that stuff but like i am getting educated exactly like, this is my education exactly and you know i get more educated on the job as well so that's a plus mm. um yeah and from that a lot of my friends not all of them don't really understand what i do and even it like maybe they're just not interested but it's really hard to sit them down and really explain what I do because I guess what they see is videos of me dancing or improvising or you know how's the dance going is like such a common common question I get all the time and do you ever say oh man it's real hard this week actually yeah I do I do um but I think it depends who asks that question. Yeah. Um, some people just say it out of politeness and some pe- others, my closer friends, are definitely very like, much, much more interested in what I do. Um, the ones who come and see the shows are the ones I get much more deep with. <laughs> and I really appreciate those friends. Mm. Yeah. It, being able to share what you do with someone who's not in that industry is a special thing, I think. Yeah. It's refreshing as well. I usually think about what the person who's asking me, what their frame of reference is, and then I try and answer within that frame. Um, So a truck driver I met recently asked me about making dance shows, and I just framed it that I'm a contractor rather than an independent and that I get contracted to make dancing on people <laughs> and then the contract's done and then I don't have a job until I find another contract yeah. and that's, that's exactly what yeah. yeah heaps of people who run their own businesses are in the same experience but then I would explain it differently if I was talking to a bunch of startup entrepreneurs or something like yeah. that I'd be like well I have an idea and then I try and find funding yeah because <laughs> they would know that language yes yeah. But I think what... So, we've spoken about what you do logistically, but what what do you think 
that is doing. So for me, what I do to somebody who's asking me casually is that I make dancing for people to do and people buy tickets, but that's the product. Yeah. What I actually do when I'm in the studio usually is I have a question that I can't work out with my brain and so I move with that question and then things start to emerge. Or I ask questions of people physically or I set up a series of experiences that people can sit through so that they leave having the same questions that I do mm. and then they have to work out the answer. Yeah. I, from that, I definitely think that having an end pro product is amazing and mm. the performance opportunity and the feeling that you get from performing is so great. Um, but yeah, I really, again, this kind of ties back with what I was saying earlier, but I really enjoy the process and how things came to be that way. Mm. And the moment you're like, ah, oh, yes. Like that's the moment I thrive for, I think. And yeah, experimenting and asking questions. Uh, yeah, I think it's great to work up to a performance. And I love that too, but the process definitely. And what comes up within that process, even if it has nothing to do with what you're doing, mm. you know? Yeah, it's um, like an unraveling. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you just get to spend a lot of time doing that. <laughs> Rather than just being like, oh, no. Just <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I probably come across as very, like, anxious about what I say. Are you? Oh, not very anxious, but I guess, like, it matters. Or it shouldn't matter. I know it shouldn't matter, but it matters a lot what people think, I guess. In order to get a job or in order to be hired or, yeah. you know, I don't want people who I really want to work for hear things I say and be like, oh, actually, no. Nah. I thought she was... But maybe, she be like that. but maybe it works the other way as well. Uh, maybe you are, or I am, just another dancing body that can be interchanged with any other dancer in the show yeah. until somebody hears what it is and how it is that we think. Totally. And then that becomes an asset. Yeah. to them or they get so offended by what we say <laughs> that it's interesting yeah, and they need totally. that sort of um, variation in the room yeah. I, would, I would like to think that it's a that even in auditions it's actually a two way audition Yes. even you as the dancer is auditioning the choreographer in the way that they treat everybody at mm -hmm. the audition and so even when they offer you when they offer you a part <laughs> you you have had a taste of how they speak with people and how they treat people and then you can say yes or no. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Which is hard to remember. Definitely. No, I've, I've still got lots to learn. I, yeah, I'm... I don't know. There's no finishing point, really. So, yeah. I'm very excited to see what the future will offer or tomorrow or this afternoon we'll see <laughs>
Right. Any uh, epiphanies you want to finish on? Like breakthrough moments that you've had? Um, I don't know if it's a breakthrough moment, but don't, I think comparing yourself to others and seeking validation all the time from outside eyes is pretty poisonous. Um, that's something I've learned over the few years. Nice. And the first step is becoming aware of that. Thanks, Viola. All good. 